And welcome in to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. Episode 24, Saturday, November 26th. We're almost at the most wonderful time of the year, but it is election day, so happy election day to anyone out in Melbs or Victoria. Get a sausage into you, hopefully. Mm. A sausage. Joined mm. by uh, Christopher Keane. How are you, mate? Going well, mate. I had my lovely Saturday sausage post 9am too, so it was... Uh, oh, yeah, so it's not so, a Matty Mac. Well, it had some girth to it, which was nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it was good. I went down there, voted voted away, but uh, on to more pressing issues, and that is the EDL pod for this week, which I'm excited to get into. Um, just just me and you at this stage, mm-hmm. Ben? Why, why is that, please? Well, it was alarm bells, wasn't it, when we were organising mm. a record time and uh, just found out that one of our co-hosts had his Christmas party last night. So uh, the fact that we've heard from him is that's a win because I didn't think uh, we would have heard from him at this point. But he's just going to dial in. So if that gives you a sense of the state that the man will be in when he's on, that uh, will hopefully make for some entertaining scenes like the last time that he was a no-show. Mm. We had a few... Uh, funny call-ins that day so hopefully he's in uh, top form it was a good episode that one but uh, it is the season uh, it is the time of year ben when christmas parties are flowing and the froffies are flowing but uh, hopefully hod hasn't had uh, a little banana smoothie this morning hopefully he's just hydrolyzed and got his electrolytes up there and he'll join us soon so we'll hear from the great man time will tell but before we uh, get those on it's time for the scooter news every newsman in this city's laughing at us and I don't like it. And this this segment is fast becoming one of Scoot's favourites. It's what he tunes in for. Um, doesn't have anything negative to say about this segment on the pod, which is always good. So we'll start off with, I think, the biggest news of the week. There's been a lot that's gone down, but uh, this is the Zach Wilson news, Keeney. And this guy is a much maligned member of the Empire Dynasty League. And I think it's because the poor bloke was drafted by... Uh, one of the loudest members of the group, the DFF, and a guy who clearly loves to just back himself in no matter what. Uh, and, yeah, not good news for the young QB, is it? No, it's not. Pick two in the in the Dynasty rookie draft, of course, and has been benched this week for the White Lotus in Mike White. So uh, that's a, certainly a... Uh, yeah, an interesting one to follow. Where where do we think this ends up for Zach Wilson? It's not end of the road, clearly. It's very, very early on, but it hasn't been great signs. Very, very reminiscent to one redheaded uh, QB at the New York Jets that they also an early draft pick that uh, they have now dispensed with, which may also be sitting on the DFS roster. It's got shades of uh, Darnold about it, Benjamin. Sure does. Um, and... I mean, there was a few alarming stats there. One was the one, they averaged 2.7 inches per play in the second half, which is, you know, I think, like I said, the DFF would be thrilled if he could average 2.7 inches uh, on the best of days. But the other one was the press conference he had afterwards where they spoke about, you know, obviously the Jets' defense did their job. They kept the Patriots to three points or was it? Three yes, points that's right. in the end. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, his... His question was, did he let the defense down? And he just flat out said, no. Don't think you're winning a locker room over when you're uh, when you're saying you're not part of the problem, averaging 2.7 inches a play. So, 
yeah, it's worrying signs for Wilson. I don't think it's end of the road, but it's not it's not positive. And I think the Darnold comparison is a good one. But uh, I suppose I just think of him, he's on the DFF's roster. The way that the DFF thinks about all these players is um, they're kind of like flowers and... The flowers blossom in spring, face Always and forever. <laughs> Probably not blossoming too much in spring this time, I would have mm. thought. Um, well, I, I looked up the opposite of uh, blossoming, and for the MILF hunter, it's not great because it's it's wither, fade, die, or droop. So if he's oh. going to maybe change paths into that sort of uh, MILF hunter area, we don't want some droopage from Zachy Wilson. No, droopage is not what he's... Uh... What he'll be looking for. The other one was just keeping in the QB news. Davis Mills, uh, who Manny traded, I think a second rounder for just, you know, a bit of a dart throw with this one. And he's been benched for old Flipper Allen. So not going well for Davis Mills. And I reckon Crystal Balls, Keeney, you called this probably about a week or two ago. You said he was absolutely done. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't looking great in Houston, and and the problem is they're going to have the number one pick in the draft. So yeah, um, not in quite clearly they will. So it looks to me like um, they'll replace him in the off season. Does he become a backup somewhere or get another opportunity somewhere? Who knows? That could still be in the realms. He's still young, but um, you spoke of that trade, Ben. It was actually for Garrett Wilson, Davis Milson is Davis Mills in a second for Garrett Wilson to uh, Camo. So mm. I think at this, as we stand right now, that looks like a nice deal for Camo. But as we uh, as we know, these trades can can look better or worse in, in two or three years' time. And Camo, who uh, didn't even allow him to to keep his bench warm, I think flipped him almost instantly to scoot. So Yeah, not, correct. <laughs> not out of the realm of uh, Camo's usual uh, trading prowess. But speaking of, we actually have... Uh, a couple of members waiting in the wings. So if we just want to tease this one out, especially for you, Scoot, who doesn't like to sit through the news, we've got uh, two of the Sunny Weaver Jr. In fact, we're going to have three Sunny Weaver Jr. dial-ins because Hod uh, will also be dialing in a bit later. So stay tuned here. Now, should we touch on the trade now, Keeney? Well, I think we just move to the a little bit of NFL news and we'll come back to the trade because yeah. it involves a, it involves a guest. So I think that's a start, great idea. All right, biggest uh, biggest news in the NFL. There were some cuts that went down. Um, probably the most noticeable most bleh, most notable was Melvin Gordon, who mm. has just been a pain in the ass for uh, Javante Williams. Javante Williams owners, oh. and then oh. he finally gets injured, and then the bloke just fumbles his career away at Denver and past waivers, so he hasn't been picked up. Um, I can't see many teams throwing him a lifeline at this point. Um, and the fact that Latavius Murray, who is older than him, is just uh, apparently going to reap the benefits there in Denver, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. And the other interesting one was Darrell Henderson got cut Um Notably, he is on Matty Max team, and the funny part about that is he got picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, Matt offloaded James Robinson just to try and clear up that backfield in Jacksonville, and then he just gets another one on his list. So he'll spin it that he's happy with it, but I'm sure that would have been a frustrating one for him. Oh, no doubt, and uh, there's no doubt Melvin Gordon may have fumbled his opportunity to be an, uh, running back again at the NFL level. He's had something like 10 or 12 fumbles this year, so I think there's rumblings that Denver weren't happy with him, but as you touched on, like for mine, it's a season of what could have been for Javante Williams. Like mm. Now it looks like Latavius Murray's got the, 
the full green light here to be the running back one in Denver, a team that could start running the ball a bit more. But Javante Williams could have had a monster season if uh, he didn't get injured. Um, so very, very frustrating for Camo, who I know is very high on him. So hopefully this time next year, he'll be uh, up and running. Yep. And although it won't be from the start of the season by the sounds of things, it will sort of be mm. partway through. He's like that J.K. Dobbins who's still on IR right now. Hopefully it's not a frustrating sort of lingering injury like that. Um, speaking of injuries, we'll just quickly run through this. Mixon, the guy that you traded to Camo, just out with concussion this week. Uh, Stafford out with concussion, but I think that's worked pretty well for you because you had to start Mac Jones and he went all right, didn't he? Probably the best score you've ever had at QB all year. Yeah, it was um, it was bizarre, to be honest. He's uh, He put up a little 20-burger, so I'll take that every day of the week. Could have been more as well. He got a touchdown call back. Um, Raheem Mostert, he's questionable, but looking to be trending out this week, which means hopefully a big week for Ooh, Wilson. Uh, Justin Fields, this is a big one. He's got the shoulder injury. He's listed as questionable. They're, they're keeping it pretty hush-hush there, but it doesn't sound good, does it? No, nah, and I think, geez, he's shown enough this year. I, I, surely Chicago don't risk further injury to this guy. He's... They may have actually like they haven't had a franchise QB for I don't know how long Chicago. So when they've got someone who's going as well as Fields is, uh, despite not winning, but um, obviously showing that that talent in the air or more on the ground, but um, showing a bit more talent with his arm as well. I think they they they're really conservative here. Um, there's no need to rush him back. I wouldn't have thought. No, uh, I don't see what's in their best interest to do so. Uh, let's. Keep moving for net. He's doubtful, but looking pretty much to be out, which means uh, some Rashad nice White, which, carries which for Jake, Richard. Yeah, which Jake has, and that's a for, you could argue that's a little upgrade on Lenny because Lenny's sort of running out of steam, I reckon. So mm-hmm. not bad for him to get a, some fresh legs in there and another sort of running back one he can confidently start. Um, he could be a nice addition towards the back end of the year for Jake. But on the flip side, he loses Mike Williams again, which uh, has got to be frustrating. He just came back from the ankle injury. I think he had one or two catches, and one was this nice sideline catch and then hurt his ankle in the process, so he's out again. Yeah, the, he's, he's been a frustrating player. He's been out um, – he's only missed two or three weeks, but I feel like he's sort of been limited throughout the year, and he's been a bit boom-bust, which is what he is. But um, anyway, as we'll – We'll see. Jake's Jake's firing at the moment, and he's got some really solid depth on his bench, so he can um, he can deal with it. But uh, yeah, obviously not ideal. Not ideal at all. Uh, the other one, Kadarius Tony, he's out this week. We'll uh, touch on that a little bit mm. because that has some big impacts for something that went down in a trade. Uh, but this one's a, another interesting one. Clyde Edwards Alaire, the guy who fell to the DFF in the second round, he is on IR with a high ankle sprain. Um, which does mean that it could be Isaiah Pacheco's chance to really cement his spot there. Keeney's shaking it's, his head. It's, it's time, mate. It's time to unleash the Rojo. We oh. need to see Rojo in the Chiefs' offense. Let's let's have a look at it, boys. Is he still on the Chiefs? Got about uh, apparently. Um, it's not, well, he's an interesting player because he at the deadline he said trade me, and they didn't. They wanted to keep him. Um, so. He hasn't played all year. Has not. Has not. Has been a healthy scratch every single week. He gets his opportunity this week, I reckon, to play. So, just one to watch, I think. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Chase Edmonds on IR with another high ankle there, which further helps Latavius mm. Murray's stocks. Kyle Pitts, mate, he is the gift that keeps on giving. 
torn his MCL. He is on IR. Talk us through the frustration that is Carl Pitts. Carl Pitts gives you the shits. That's a, he may give me the shits for a bit longer. Um, yeah, I torn MCL. I'd love to have Hot on to get his expert opinion on that one. It looked it looked worse for mine on the replay. I thought it looked a bit very, very similar to Godwin last year with the ACL. I think his was ACL and MCL. I think he did both, but mm. um, didn't look great. Um, but uh, I'll tell you one thing. It generated some quality quality trade opportunities from league members to reach out to the grouse because I don't have a strong tight end room. Of course it did. Um, I don't have a strong tight end room. I'm surprised Hod hasn't reached out as well, actually. But um, look, a, a, a few of the names that, that were thrown my way probably didn't cut it at this stage, but we'll, uh, we'll keep my powder dry. Who knows? I, might, I may need to make a trade for a tight end. So if you're listening out there, don't be shy. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. Well, there you go. He's just using this platform just to uh, help himself out. And got here another one. Mike Thomas got cut. Oh, sorry. Mike Thomas, not Michael Thomas. We don't need to worry uh, about that. That was the no-name well, Bengals player that was on Hod's list for a while. Well, yeah. Speaking of Although the other... Michael Thomas isn't doing much better. Well, yeah. Michael Thomas has got a sore toe, so he's out for the year. <laughs> a little pinky toe? Brian, Brian, Brian Robinson got shot. He only missed four weeks, so that's... <laughs> That's what we're dealing with. He's, I think he's gone. Uh, it'd be interesting to see where he ends up next year. I don't think he'll be in How New many, Orleans, though. Has he got any years left on his contract? No, nah, I think I think this will be about it. I I can't actually answer that. I can look it up. But um, he's he's played – I think he's played about three games in two years. So um, – and he um, obviously is chewing up a fair bit of the salary cap and the Saints are cooked. So – He's got next year. He's I think he's he's contracted for next year, but I think there's some. Well, he's contracted for the next few years, but um, I think there's some savings to be had if we cut him or trade him. So, don't be surprised if he is a trade candidate at the end of the year. Yep, absolutely. I think there'll be a few players that fit that bill, and uh, this is a this is a shit mm. one actually for Hod and Giants fans. Wondell Robinson tore his ACL. He's on IR. Um, he was just starting to look like he was going to have a pretty good back half of the season. He had a few little injury concerns. So uh, just another one who has been cut down uh, early on in their career. I'll tell you what, though. It does it does raise the issue of that turf again at uh, at MetLife. Well, they it committed. Is, it's been a, yeah, it's been a talking point. They've committed to changing it. Is that right? Yeah. But so another this, one. And there's the, the numbers on how many ACLs your players have had in the Jets as well is staggering. It also blows my mind that in 2022, how many professional teams actually still have turf, which I feel like is a real like 80s, 90s thing. So um, it's a bit old school there. So we will finish up there with the news and get into our reviews. Let's move forward amicably. First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me. Okay, now, because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. Watch your mouth. All right, and the... uh, Reviews from last week. We've just uh, we've just been joined by a guest here. So if he just wants to jump Ooh. on and uh, announce himself, welcome to the pod, Camo. How are you doing? Thanks, guys. Here Happy he to is. Be here. He's up. He's up and about. His team's making a bit of a charge, and he knows the importance of this week. But uh, he's got a big smile on his dial. He's he's dressed in full Chargers kit. He's got the Justin Herbert uh, Guernsey on. He's got the uh, Chargers headband on as well. He's even wearing he's, a Chargers helmet, a... which is just committed to the cause. It's impressive. Yeah, I don't know. 
don't know if you can see us, but uh, he's he's up and about. I tell you that. I thought you were at Caulfield today, mate. What happened? I was meant to be, but uh, failed a, a vet inspection, so I'm at home today, unfortunately. Okay. But uh, happy to be on the pod. Well, speaking of being on the pod, hopefully if this technology works, we're also joined by two other members, Jimmer and one of our hosts who's dialing in. How are you, boys? I'm good, mate. How are you? Very good. Hod, can you hear us? Of course I bloody can. Jesus, he's alive, everyone. He's alive. Uh, just filling you in, Camo, because we filled in the listeners and for you, Jim, that uh, Hod's dialing in because he had a Christmas party last night. So the fact that, uh, well, he hasn't got his camera on, so he could have no pants on. We don't know. He must have found his phone in the fridge. Just just a sock on. I was going to say, did he lose his wallet? Oh, not no, again. We're, we're all intact here, boys. There is one sock on. That is correct. And another Christmas other party to go to. Another Where's the one. Oh. Where? Yeah. How the bloody hell are you, Jim? I'm good, mate. How good is this? We've got two of the most. Oh, we've got three of the most important members of the Sunny Weaver Junior Division. The only members. It's is it a coincidence only, that we've only just good left? Members. We've just left one member of your division off this week. Dialing in. It's not important. We're the we're the three most important. We're like the Musketeers. <laughs> I, I think he's taken up a side hustle because he's owing that many henchkeys. He needs another yeah, job. He's down. He's down plenty. He's uh, absolutely cast. He's hemorrhaging, as you said uh, a couple of weeks ago. Hod, Hod. Now, what's the state of your head, please? Can I? Uh, can we just get a quick update on on where you're at mentally? Um, the update on my head is it's still large, and <laughs> <laughs> the inside of it is lacking. That's what it is. Oh, well, speaking of lacking, we had the uh, the legal team one thirty seven last week defeating the Humdingers seventy. Uh, so Humdingers, talk us through what's your team actually need to get going? Is it is it really just a slippery digits away from being competitive this season? Nah, we're we're a lot more than that. Um, but that's that's part of the plan. We're not we're not here to compete this year. We're going to store another couple of high draft picks. May have had a little dabble on some reading the other day of how enticing <laughs> my running back room could be. I don't know. Very but, nice. But um, not, not looking to compete, but I think slippery digits will help, definitely. Um, well, I mean, James Proche, Proche mm. got a zero in my super flex. I don't have the wonderful... Um, skills of Tim Oss. So yes. I think that Sean will come in that position and add a bit more than a zero. Oh, well, hopefully he can do a bit better than zero, uh, <laughs> zero points. That's what you'd want. Yeah, Correct. exactly right. And it's the last week, just this week, Hod, last week without uh, old slippery digits. So from next week onwards, the Dingers will be uh, with Deshaun for the for the rest of his career, just about, unless there's uh, obviously some movement there. But the thing is also, another 114 max points. Are people sleeping on the potential of this squad, Hod, please? Well, it's a very good is point. Is that too much mate. for you? Is it too much in terms of the max points? Do we need to calm that down? If you're going to get maybe Bijan Robinson in the door, can we just pump the brakes on the max points? We we would love to pump the brakes, but speaking of pumping, I'm a little concerned that 
Deshaun's going to come back. First game in two years. Be very sore after the game and need another massage. And I'm worried <laughs> that he may be off for another lengthy absence. Hopefully not. Hopefully he can uh, learn from his ways. But you did speak of your team gearing up for next year. So not only do you have your draft picks, but you've also got these blokes to potentially come off the taxi. Wandell Robinson, even though he just did his ACL. Damian Pierce, Traylon Burks and George Pickens all starting to really hit their strides in the back half of their rookie seasons there. So there's plenty of upside uh, when you throw Deshaun back in that mix. So that coupled with some... uh, some careful draft picks. He could be right at the pointy end next year. And wouldn't wouldn't that be a scary sight for the league? Like this division's already the best in the world. Imagine if there's another player in the pointy end of the year because we know there's only going to be three. Well, there's, the, there's one other that the DFF, a little bit uh, he's absent. on track for eight wins next year, isn't he? According no, to his maths. We've no the math the Pythagorean say it. Is uh is down to six, I believe, wasn't it? No, but he won, so he's got four wins. Did he win? Yeah. Who the hell did he beat? He beat Timos, and let's jump into that one, shall we? But because uh, I don't think we need to really cover how much your team got convincingly beat, other than the fact that their legal team is just absolutely flying at the moment. Keeney mentioned it before when we spoke about the news. He scored 137. I think he was the second highest scorer for the week. He's got a few injuries, but he's got depth to cover, and he's just really peaking at the right time. And and don't we all love Jake's team up and about? That fills me with lots of joy. Um, but we'll move on to this game, which was the DFF 88 getting a win at 88 against a struggling straight cash home. He's 82. That's how he got his fourth win of the season, Hod. An 88 against an 82 in Timos. I mean, he's, it's a masterstroke. It's just another great achievement by this division. And I, I, need, I, I want to hear the thoughts of the other two members, the leaders of this pack, because I'm, quite frankly, sick and sore of my own voice. So let me listen to the other great men. Come on. Go, what come do you on. want to hear? Feel free, either of you, to talk. I don't know. Go. Camo's on mute. Uh, Is he? No? I don't know. Go, Jim. All right, what do you want me to talk about? The DFF's got a win. That's, that's great. He already owes you guys some hench keys, so it doesn't really matter now. Um, and uh, he's, his team's a bit poo, to be completely honest with you. He's the uh, quarterback killer, as, uh, as Papa mentioned. Yep, he's not doing... I, I liked that he had his last or second last startable week in Jacoby Brissett and put Kenny Pickett in over the top of him. It didn't cost him in the end, but it could have. 16 for Pickett. I don't know what he's seen in Pickett to justify putting him over Jacoby, but Jacoby ripped out a 25, which was nice. Um, Timos didn't get the same luck. I mean, he was a bit unlucky, wasn't he? He put AJ Green in Superflex and didn't even get a touchdown. So, absolutely stiff. It was actually... I think uh, you guys lost him. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we must have. It was a scary moment towards the end of that game, actually. Uh, I was an interested onlooker. For various reasons, but um, the drunk, the junk time AJ oh. Green was a real thing down the stretch. There was a tar- two targets in the end zone, and a touchdown would have stolen it uh, for Timos. I've just got a quick. You know, I like a stat, Ben. You do know I like a stat. Get out. The DFF. He's won eleven games in three years, as we know. 
eight of them, eight of the 11 that he's won, he's scored under 100. The guy <laughs> might be lucky to have 11 wins in three years. Oh, but he's building, bro. That's a great effort, isn't it? That's incredible. All, all part of the plan, I would say. Or he'll tell you. All part of the plan. Yep, all part of it. Uh, Camo, what are your thoughts on, on the, I guess, the member that's bringing your division into disrepute? Huh. Where do we start? Well, like when it comes to this division, obviously it's got esteemed history. Brody won it the first year. I won it the second year. Desperate to win it this year. But if I can't and Jim does, we might actually give the DFF a, the factory a contract to make the Sonny Weaver Junior Division uh, title winners T-shirts. So <laughs> Jim and myself can wear them with pride. DFF can take a photo of us in them and that'll probably be what he can bring to the table for us. Any if, other suggestions? If Jim wins it this year, and we'll get into how tight a battle it's going to be and this week plays a big part in it. If Jim wins it this year, I'm going to make T-shirts for the three of you and then our next league catch-up can the three of you rock up wearing... In fact, I think just division winning T-shirts in general would be pretty funny uh, across yeah. the board. You so, should, get him, should get him to how about Sushi Karen T-shirt. <laughs> Uh, I was just I was just looking at uh, his transactions, the DFF. He's he's made one trade for the year. That was and how about this? It was a success. Jacoby Brissett in for a third. That looks like a, a pretty decent trade. Now he's probably going to take a probably going to take a back seat for the rest of the year, but not a not a bad trade in isolation. And zero additions from the waiver wire. Hmm. It's that's alarming. I know that there's not a lot on the waiver Is that wire, right? but that there's, might be wrong, actually. there's things that you can still pick up that are relevant. It's not like he's got world beaters sitting on his uh, bench there, but I don't know. That I guess even though that his strategy is to never trade, he, he still had the last laugh. <laughs> um, that's enough about, <laughs> that's enough about that shit team picking up a win at 88. Um, let's get on to... We'll quickly touch on the Executioner's 104... Defeating Prestige Worldwide, eighty-five. What are, boys? What are we thinking about Matty Max' uh, downward turn this season? He was poised. He was looking pretty good, but I feel like he's really slipping away. He's on a two-game losing streak. He's five and six on the season. Really, playoffs are just slipping away from him right now. And uh, and this is after his desperate effort to uh, bring Etienne up from the taxi squad. So, Camo, what do you think about? Um, about how Matty Max going? I'm I'm confused. I'm lost. Um, I really don't know. I don't know where to start. To be fair, like, I mean, people pay out on me for not having much of a plan when it comes to my side in this league. But like, what's Matty Mac doing? <laughs> he's hanging around in the middle. Obviously, he's got a lot of draft picks. But you'd think he'd be trying to win this year, just to push the other teams whose picks he's got, like their picks down. So. Yeah, ETN on the taxi squad for, what was it, nine weeks or something. And then the week is completely cast with buys. He pulls the trigger and brings him up, gets flogged by 50, like, and then proceeds to lose again the next week. So brought him up. He had his worst, well, one of his worst weeks of the last sort of month and a bit and then went on buy as well. So it's 
Yeah, it was an interesting time to call him up. But we, as we mentioned before, Darrell Henderson, player that got cut by the Rams and then uh, got picked up by Jacksonville. So now he's just got another headache in Jacksonville. It, it's alarming signs. I mean, he played Sammy Watkins, who had two targets, didn't get a catch. Um, he played this one and Keeney pointed it out. Kenny Golladay. And Jim, you, I believe, gave Kenny Golladay the lemon to Thais. Hey, shit. Yeah, <laughs> he sure as shit is. He's played him the last three weeks in a row, and his last three weeks have gone zero off two targets. He scored a three point nine off two targets, and he scored a zero off zero targets. This bloke, I'll just quickly reveal to everyone, he's earning this season alone twenty one point one five million dollars, and this is what he's putting out. He's had a total of fifty one yards on the season, and yeah, he's missed. He missed four games, I think it was, with an injury. But even that aside, he has currently earned himself $400,000 per yard gained this season. Or even better, $5.3 million per catch. That's insane. It's pretty good, I reckon. (laughs) We could surely go out there and get a catch in the NFL. I don't know. Maybe that's... uh, I'd probably get killed after I make the catch, but... uh, Fuck, $5 million a catch. Not bad coin. Yeah, it's, it's my, my thoughts on this one, it's he's, he's got an interesting roster in terms of he sort of traded away in the off-season depth um, for first-round picks. So I suppose for the greater good, he's trying to um, get some younger players in. But he'd probably look at CeeDee Lamb and how he's going and be a bit annoyed he traded him away. Um, and and really, so with that, he doesn't have a lot of depth. So Bur- um, Chase has been injured, so that's hurt him. Waller's been injured, and that's hurt him. Um, and so he doesn't really have great options, as you can see, by playing Kenny Golladay. I just don't know how you can play him. No. It's... He, he may not have great options outside of that, outside of maybe Algier or Greg Dortch or someone like that. But I don't even know um, if he's got Dortch on his list, does he? Oh, Isn't that you, Jim, that has Dortch? No, no, no. I uh, I dropped him unfortunately, oh, okay. but yeah, he's got he's got George. Oh, he does. Um, he has an interesting uh, wide receiver roster for next year, though. Like he has mm. Chase, he's got Carp, obviously, uh, and he's got Higgins, which is a pretty strong starting wide receiver core. So whether he he's packed it in this year, um, and he's looking forward to next season, I'm not sure because he's got a yeah he's got a very interesting roster. He he does, but I think we should uh, we should not spend this whole time talking about the guy who scored 85 points. And we should be talking about the executioners who actually put up over 100 points. And his team has been, I think, in the power rankings, bottom four just about from most people's votes all year. I think that he's got some absolute upside going on with his list right now and probably one in uh, Jamal Williams. This bloke just loves to score touchdowns. It's ridiculous. He's scored 13 on the year. 13 uh, touchdowns, fucking hell. Yeah, so... How many did Connor think, score last year? I know that he was a pretty good goal line back. Camo, you I think, had... I think, eight, I think eight of his 13 have been from one yard. Mm. Um, so, poor one out for the DeAndre Swift owner, um, the DFF. So, um, it's been it's been a bit, a bit unlucky. But Scooter, Scooter goes to five and six, the same record as Manny and Thais. Yeah. And, and we sort of look at him and go, well, he's rebuilding, he's... Um, He's going to be down the bottom, but he look his points four is nowhere near the other two. But he's still uh, he's sneaking a few wins. I um I reached out to Matty Mac just then because we're getting a bunch of people to dial in. I said, "Hey mate, we're shitting on your team. What have you got to say about it?" And he he sent me back this. Well, I won a ring last year, so like kind of whatevs. <laughs> Which is fair <laughs> fair enough. I I think 
think he can always shut us down with that, that comment there. But yep. yeah, look, baseline execution is Andy Dalton's being serviceable right now. It doesn't help his Jameis Winston stocks there, but at least for this season, he's getting something out of him. Um, some other upside, obviously, Monty getting uh, with getting Herbert just on IR means that he's going to get more carries, which hey, is... Herbert on IR. What? Hang on. What's going on? Not your Herbert, mate. Settle oh. down. Ben! Khalil, Herbert on IR. Take the, char- take the Chargers helmet off it. <laughs> yeah. Might help with your hearing. Khalil Herbert on IR. So Monty had 17 carries, and I think that's where he does his best work off a bulk of carries. He doesn't really do too well sharing the load a little bit there. Um, Yeah, and that's kind of it for the Upsider Scoots team right now. He's still got the frustration. AJ Dillon's an interesting one. I thought I have no shares in AJ Dillon at all in fantasy this year, and I thought that he was actually having a really good season and I think it was because he had a good week one and that was it. He had 17 points in week one and then he hasn't scored above 10 for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's he's certainly been disappointing. It's just whether next year he gets more opportunity, which we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. But there's actually been um, some, some correspondence. You spoke about David Montgomery and look, for a contender, he'd be an interesting um, addition. But uh, there was some correspondence that came across my desk and um, a league member said, I've heard it on the grapevine that Scoot is trying to sell Monty harder than the prostitutes try to sell their bodies on Vale Street. So that's just one for the, for the, for the, for the pod listeners. Monty sounds like he's very much available. Love the grapevine. It's a good one, yeah. Um, I like, this is now, so Keeney, just before, for you guys who dialed in, he's just using this platform to try and... Uh, stir up some buyers for his team and now Scoot's clearly using this platform too so any of you three want to sell a player or get some words out there no clearly not Hoddy are you still alive yeah I'm here boys Um, (laughs) I'm here I'm I'm listening in and actually working out which piano I'm going to watch soon (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good to see that uh, that you got your priorities straight, mate. You you are actually a host still on this, not a listener, so feel free to contribute. Um, we'll move on to the next game, which saw the Lions one ninety eight point nine eight defeating the Grouse one thirty. Um, is there much that we need to talk about in this game, Keeney? It was a pretty one sided affair, wasn't it? It was. Um, I think you scored sixteen touchdowns, which is enormous. Um, probably just highlights your the upside of your team when it's firing. I did go um, back and have a look because I, I was just short of uh, the 200 club. You're the uh, only person to be a member of that. Your annual catch-ups are getting quite well, lonely. Yeah, we've got a dinner next week for the, <laughs> for the 200 club members and I'm just cooking up some two-minute noodles. No it's one great. else is coming. So just fell short of that. Um, but also I look back at when you joined the 200 club and you had 18 touchdowns that week. So... Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. That's what it takes. You need to get a shitload of touchdowns to get in there. Um, you do. You do. The, the only thing to mention outside of um, Ben having a huge week was it did it did consolidate their number one seed for the playoffs. So well done to you. You'll be the number one seed and have the week off in week fourteen. So pre, uh, or week fifteen. Sorry. So prepare for week 15, uh, sixteen and seventeen, and uh, no pressure. 
Yeah, thanks, mate. You've been trying to uh, put the pressure on me for the last <laughs> month, I feel like. So it's, uh, yeah, look, it's good when everything, when you sit back and everything in your lineup goes to plan. Uh, couldn't really say the same for yourself last week. Obviously, Stafford uh, got sent out of the game, was it second quarter? I believe it was pretty. Yeah, pretty early in the game. Pitt's doing his ACL or PCL or whichever one it was. Wilson just being his stock standard self. Eckler's been good. Um, actually, Wilson, this is this is a fun one, and I'll I'll get no, any, anyone's thoughts on is this. It? Here's just a uh, here's a crazy but true fact for for all the people on today and all the listeners out there. Russell Wilson has two more touchdown passes than Joe Flacco this season. And Joe Flacco hasn't played since week three. Mm. So, Russell, Russell Wilson has thrown less touchdowns than fucking first-round picks I traded for him. <laughs> yeah. Now, and, and I'll, I'll add another out, one into the mix here, boys. He is on track to throw the same <laughs> amount of touchdowns as he has bathrooms in his new Denver house, which is 12. <laughs> Thanks to Jimmer for that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous! It's a good, it's a good stat. It's a great stat. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'm, there's a few stats that I've found pretty funny. I'll sprinkle them in, hopefully, where if, applicable. But that Russ one, I thought was was very interesting. Yeah, and if anyone's interested in Russell Wilson, please get in touch because I've had enough. So um, I'll use this platform again to how many to sell off. fourth rounders would it take to get him off your hands? Because I know a couple of blokes who's who have dialed in today that have plenty up their sleeves. Well, Hod, I like Hod, last week, Hod last week actually did an experiment. Um, he's got his little dynasty calculator, which, you know, it's a good good starting point for trades. And he looked at how many fourth rounders would constitute a first round pick. And I think he came up with the number was 100. 100 fourth rounders would, would uh, be the same value as a first rounder. So something to stride towards, Jimmer. Well, that's that's why I'm banking them. When do we break the news to him that it's not mathematically possible to hold a hundred fourth round picks? Yeah. Um. Well, all right. Well, let's move to the next game, which was uh, well, our last two games, which we've kept here, and we'll start with the Stallions getting a nice little victory, ninety six point six eight, against hey. the Haircuts, who have just been on fire of scoring, but they just pulled out an eighty seven last week. So, Jimmer. How'd you feel, one, about it was a much-needed victory because we we have been talking about how closely contested this division is and when Camo's getting victories as well, you need to uh, be just staying that little bit ahead of him, which you are. How did it feel to beat Manny last week? Oh, it was good, especially after the uh, the shit talk that he, he dished out in one of the first few episodes of this season. So it was good. Um Look, it doesn't matter how much I score as long as I score more. So mm-hmm. I'm just happy with uh, with getting the win. So that's that's the main thing. Happy with getting the win. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looked okay with a 19. Jalen Hurts is just absolutely delivering for you this season. He's the number three QB on the season. Absolutely loving life. Um, yeah, and your additions in Paris Campbell sort of came through a little bit there. So... We did speak of your trade last week, getting rid of Cooper Cup. How uh, how much did you have to, I guess, consider that trade? Was it an instant, easy trade to make? Or obviously, he was your big off-season acquisition. Did it hurt getting rid of Cooper Cup? 
Oh, it definitely hurt. Um, I think where the Rams sit at the moment in terms of win-loss um, played a lot into the decision. Um, I've made it very clear I'm trying to win, well, I'm trying to win it all this year, uh, if I can. Um, so Cup was obviously a, a handy addition at the start of this season for that, but then going on IR really hurt. Um, and I don't know if he'll come back before this year. So, um, so yeah, we pulled the trigger, and, uh, and what Matt said last, last week was, was accurate. So, yeah, yeah, it did sting, though, because um, it certainly makes my wide receiver room look a little bit testy, but... Uh, it is what it is now. Yeah, it's a lot of similar types of players there with Paris Campbell. You got rid of Elijah Moore, which we're going to touch on in just one second. Um, Curtis Samuel, Donovan's People Jones, he's been going pretty well. Randall Cobb, you got a lot of similar types there. And I guess the headache of knowing which one to start because they can produce, but they don't produce consistently. So I guess uh, knowing when to play the right one at the right time. But let's quickly... We'll go back because we, we didn't touch on this trade. We wanted to get the two of you guys, or actually all the Sunny Weavers on, but mainly you, Jim. Trade went down during the week and it was between yourself and Papa, uh, which saw the Stallions getting Juwan Johnson, Kadarius Tony, and Papa's 2023 third, and you gave up to Papa Elijah Moore at my 2023 first and a 2023 fourth. So... We did anticipate that that first round pick would not sit on your roster for very long, and sure enough, I don't think it lasted a week. So, talk us through how this all went down. Uh, so, when I got it, I got immediately. I got about five, four or five offers for it, um, and then I got an offer from Camo, which was quite funny. And I said to him, um, "I thought you're after the first rounder, but he wasn't. So that was that was six, if you want to count that one." Um, so, filtering through sort of all the the trade options I had um, was actually quite a headache, to be honest. Um, and, yeah, eventually Papa came to me and uh, proposed. Um, well, we had a different trade in mind, but uh, it only included some futures. Um, and I really wanted to, to get at least a pick back in this, um, this, well, this year's draft coming up. Um, so we settled eventually on a third, and that's sort of where it landed. I saw Tony as... A similar type of player is more in the sense that he's got hamstring issues, probably hasn't been able to put his best foot on the park, um, you know, as opposed to more who just completely gets shut out of a shit offense. So, uh, yeah, so that's sort of where it landed. And then eventually I pulled the trigger on that one after um, a couple others fell, fell through. Oh, so this wasn't your first choice is what you're telling us? No, it was my... Third, but it got juicier. So Juwan Johnson got added later, um, and that sort of after the others sort of fell through. That that swung. That was enough to swing the uh, the trade for me because yours is essentially pick twelve. Um, so I've Ooh, sort of moved. He's back called it. Hey. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> um, um, hey, well, hey, yeah, hey, you're what? the 2017 Patriots in the in the group chat. So pick eleven. <laughs> I have to um, call it. So, uh, do we have a bit of live uh, grapevine action here? The Camo and Jim had something cooking, it fell through. What are we? What are we dealing with, Camo? Are you are you at? Uh, are you able to reveal to the pod live what you had just ah. cooking away? You, now you did do a trade the week earlier. You're back in the trade game. You just couldn't help yourself. What was it? I've been trying to stay out of it, but uh... no, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'm in a similar position to Jim. Points right now are important. So, I, as Jim said, I wasn't after the uh, valuable first-round pick that he had uh, in his possession. I was more after Elijah Moore, to be fair. So, Ooh. that was where I was trying to uh, tempt Jim into a trade with a div rival. But, uh, yeah, obviously, Papa came came out with the far better offer and uh, now Elijah Moore's over there. Speaking of the better offer, Hod, uh, a tight end was was part of this deal. How did that uh, make you feel assessing how this trade went down? You still with us or are you maybe fapping to some tight ends of your own? I'm here and I had no idea what the bloody talking about. So I've just logged on <laughs> and seen this trade. Now Camo's saying I was also interested in Elijah Moore. What on earth are you interested in? He's the wide receiver Upside. 100 on the year. I feel, what, what are we seeing here? What am I missing? I feel like this surely Camo isn't for this season. Is that where your excitement lies with Elijah Moore? My excitement lies with the QB, the inevitable QB mm. change that was going to happen. Mm. That's fair. Um, yeah. So, Please gamble responsibly, but Elijah Moore yardage over totals everywhere you can this week, boys. Something for the for the punters. What are, what are we what are we lined at? Come on, are we in the like thirties? Yeah, it would be. I haven't I haven't looked myself. I don't care. Just overs, I'm with you. Overs, overs, overs. Mike White's a nice uh, nice option for Elijah Moore going forward. So, yep, he should see an uptick. But um, yeah, he's he's been vocal, hasn't he, about uh, how much that. Wilson sucks, so. Yeah, very much so. Sure has. Mm-hmm. Hey, we haven't really touched on this guy's team, but the haircut's pulling out an 87. Uh, what does this mean for his team? Is this alarm bells or is this just a blip on the radar that is his season? Oh, I don't think so myself. I think he had a lot on by. Like, a lot of his stars were on by. Tyreek Hill um, and the rest. Um, I'm sure there was some others. Geno Smith didn't play either, I don't think. Um, okay. so he had to trot out the Davis Mills train. So, um, no, I think he had some some genuine stars not playing. So um, not ideal, but again, he's he's banked enough points that it doesn't affect him. So he's sitting pretty. I will just quickly. He's fine. Yeah. I'll touch on a genuine Must star. Must have been nice, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> An absolute uh, star that he's picked up and could go down as the best draft pick of this rookie one is Chris Olave. He's just sitting wide receiver 12 on the season. This guy's a freak. Um Put up an 18 again, 100 yards and a touchdown. He is having an unbelievable season, and you must uh, be loving it as a Saints fan, Keeney. Yeah, he's been good um, in a somewhat average offense. I mean, the the Michael Thomas stuff has helped him in terms of he's getting getting a lot of looks as the number one receiver, but uh, positive signs certainly going forward. So it's uh, we gave up a shitload, though, to get him, so that's the other the flip side of it all. but You, um, you can genuinely say that about any Saints draft pick, can't you? Yeah, Isn't that how you just fair, operate? Fair call. I, I feel like our team is in absolute uh, no man's land, yeah. to be honest. So, I, yeah, I don't think we're going to be good for a while, which is a bit of a concern. But he looks good. You're right. It's good to know <laughs> that kicking uh, kicking future picks down the road eventually bites you in the ass. So, mm. uh, yeah. I might uh, have to reconsider my strategy in Dynasty if that's what's happening to the Saints right now. Anyway, we'll move on to the last game of the week, which uh, saw a very vital win. And talk about just scraping some wins here, Camo and Jim. 103 points to the Demons, defeating the Punishers, 77. It's probably a little bit close for comfort there, Camo, with a team like the uh, Punishers, who you would have had penciled in as an auto 
win. I know that you shouldn't do that an awful lot, but in this case you should have, but your team didn't perform very well. So a good week to uh, come up against a weaker opposition. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, for sure. Look, always respect your opposition. Uh, Papa's been putting up, up actually a couple of handy scores in the recent weeks leading up to it. So I certainly hadn't penciled in a win. That is for sure. Um, and when you wake up at uh, 5 a.m. and you see Justin Fields, Daniel Jones just scamping around, getting points for fun, uh, I think his tight end scored a touchdown. Uh, so there was a bit happening early. I was a fair way down, but had quite a few of my players in the late afternoon game, in the, the later game. So just had to sit back and hope there wasn't too much damage before. 8am arrived. Yeah. And for, fortunately, you had a look at the rest of his roster and then um, <laughs> and you, then you went back to sleep feeling pretty good. Might have breathed a little bit of a sigh of relief when I saw some of the, the other players out there. But uh, no, happy to get the win and move on. It's always good yeah. as well when Naeem Hines is scoring points for you as well by getting a negative 0.8. He's been useless since going to the Bills. It's an interesting one. It was an interesting pickup for them. It didn't really suit their style and they had James Cook there. Hasn't really panned out too well so far. We'll wait and see. And then obviously, uh, he just didn't like what he saw in Tony and Johnson and got them off his roster after this game. So, Johnson's had a very good season. He's tight end eight of the year. But uh, yeah, Daniel Jones didn't back it up so much this week, but uh, had a nice little game of 24 there. So, there are some promising signs uh, in between some of the interesting players that he has to roll out. But on the flip side, like Hod's team, he's got some nice draft picks that can fill those gaps. So I think for teams like theirs, as long as they've got, you know, strong building blocks, um, I think that's what you got to look for. And he definitely does in his in his QB room at the yeah. moment, which it didn't look that way probably about, you know, a month and a bit ago. Well, that's it. And, and Papa's one that don't be surprised if he jumps. He, he has the chance to jump quickly if he wants. He's got QB sorted. Potentially, well, you'd think so. He's got at least two that are ones above average, one solid, and nine first-round picks. So if he wants, if he wants to go and go on a spending spree in the off-season, he can turn his fortunes around pretty quickly next year. It's just what he wants to do. But um, yeah, he's not in a bad spot, to be honest. Of the rebuilding teams, um, I think he's doing it pretty well. Yeah, definitely going about it the right way. Uh, and then what about you? Didn't start Alan Robinson uh, this week, Camo, but. He had four catches, 47 yards, a touchdown. Does this give you a bit of confidence to start him with old Bryce, your boy? Yeah, that's right. So I was a bit worried about the QB situation heading into uh, last weekend. Um, and I think a couple of my flex players like Connor and Gibson had pretty good matchups. So, uh, yeah, A-Rob rode the pine last week. But now that I do have that saucy stack, um, could kind of <laughs> slot back into the lineup. But Is it? Wait and see how we go. Well, we'll find out this week how Brycey boy goes, but there's a bit of expectation there, I think. He's got some wheels, Brycey. He didn't look he too does. bad. Yeah. yeah. Are you starting him? No, not this week. Tua's got a pretty handy matchup against Houston. Um, and, like, I wouldn't bench Justin Herbert if my life depended on it. So, no, Brycey's just sitting there third, third string at the minute. And uh, he may get a chance. It was good of you to bid on him, so thanks for that. Yeah, well, I uh, thought if Kyler didn't play, maybe uh, Team Tim 84 might have needed him. And I saw he had 89 fab, so I thought I'll just chuck a 90 in there and pop block people. 
and then I saw I could have got him for free. So, anyway. It's always fun, isn't it, when you do that? Now, boys, I've I've got to love you and leave you. I'm going to be honest. Now, I jumped on the app before because I have been offline for a few days. And if something has sparked my attention, I know Jake's over in Mexico. Now, he is getting a rhinoplasty. And for those at home that don't know what a rhinoplasty is, it's called a nasal reconstruction. And he is obviously doing well in his recovery because he is on 106 already on Thanksgiving Day, which is now going to be called the Legal Team Fantasy Gods Day. Can you boys talk about this? 106 on three games. And he's had Zeke on the bench with the 16. Yeah. This guy's just on the stick. Thanksgiving, whatever. There was only three games played, but they seem to have every one of Jake's players involved in him. He's had everyone except three or four players. Three players yeah. he's got to go. So yeah, he's only got three left. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a good start for him, but I, I think that... I don't know. I actually think this will be a pretty close contest because Manny still has plenty of talent still to come. Um, and Jake only has three players to go. One of them being and Derek hot, Carr, who's a mixed bag. Hot, just just um, before you go, mate, can you talk us through that reconstructive surgery? and what? So does it open up the nasal passage or what is it? What, what's the benefits? He's, he's, there, he's literally gone. Was that his oh. way of... Go- he did. He fucking jumped off. There you go. Okay, cool. Well, he just <coughs> literally wanted to make that comment and then fuck right off. Uh, cheers, Hod. Good to know that... Pretty uh, easy. His pure no must be getting into the good bit. Uh, he brought a lot to the table this week, didn't he, boys? That's yeah. uh, extraordinary work oh, from the guy. Oh, Christmas, Hod. Oh, Christmas, Just more hot. than when he lost his wallet last this time last year. Yeah, he brought just a tad more than zero. Um, yep. So, look, that was that was a wrap up of last week, but we have got some uh, league thoughts here, Keeney. Do we do we sprinkle them in on the review on the previews for next week? Do you reckon, or do we just start touching on them now? Yeah, no, I think um, I think we can touch on a few of the comments that were made by the league members. We appreciate those who who did take the time to fill in the form. So. Again, thanks for, for everyone doing that. I want to kick it off here, and we've, we've spoken a little bit about it, but uh, Camo on the, on the pod here, we've um, spoken about a couple of the topics he wanted to touch on, but um, Jim's incredible restraint to hold on to the first rounder for six days, five and a half days longer than the rest of the league thought. <laughs> Do you want to just touch on that, Camo? What are, what are, what are you trying to say here, mate? Um, I was disappointed when Jim said only five other managers came his way trying to extract that pick from him. I'm very disappointed in whoever the other five were that they who didn't. Were the, who were the five, Jim? And, and how ruthless and how, how shit were the offers out of interest? Oh, actually, there were some pretty good offers, I'll be fair. Yeah. Um, there was one that I thought was over, but I it, there was no player included, and I, I probably should have taken it at the start because when I went back to them for it, uh, they said no. And I said, but are you we, offered it anyway. Are we... No, that sounds like someone I know, Benjamin. What, me? No, no, no. Ben, no. ben weren't you involved with someone who had a trade offer in the works and then agreed and said, actually, no, nah, I'm good, thanks, after they offered it? Yes, that has happened to me before. I, yeah. uh, I feel like Yeah, it was a bit of a bit. strange one. Hmm. It was a bit of a strange one because I, uh, I, uh, I even 
took some of the uh, picks that were on offer off the table, and I said, "Don't worry about those. We'll just go with the uh, the, the couple seconds and a couple thirds." And then um, they said no, and I went, "Okay." Yep. So what, I moved what, down what the division? list, and then what division uh, was this person in? I'll uh, I'll I'll stay private on this one just so that I I don't burn any bridges this time. So. <laughs> Smart fair, man, Jim. Then I got a. Then I uh, I got um, Papa's office was a bit later in the piece. To be fair, it wasn't Papa. Um, everyone. <laughs> no, no, narrowed it down. Um, <laughs> it's not Camo. We know that. Uh, no, it wasn't Camo. Um, you can put, you can like, keep reeling off names, and if I go what? silent, you'll probably get was it. Was it the yeah. most? <laughs> no, <I won't. laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, we no, really are narrowing it down, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so then there was a couple more offers that came through, and um, they were good. But um, again, I sort of wanted, so I wanted a pick of an established player, ish, mm-hmm. uh, and a um, I wanted a pick in this year's upcoming draft. But that's effectively where I was at, and the only person that really offered that was was Papa. Fair enough. Um... Yeah, and look, Juwan Johnson, not not the sexiest name, but he's getting it done this season so far, and, and that's sort of, I think, what you need at the moment, isn't it? Correct, and he's tight end two from week six onwards, just uh, proved the thought. Which is probably averaging about six points a game, knowing that position. Um, seven, seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, he actually has been double digits, hasn't he, for the last sort of five, six weeks, which yeah, is yeah. pretty yeah. impressive. Um, yeah, and then, as I said before, Tony was very similar to what Moore offers in the sense that he's got a lot of upside, so that's where we landed. Very nice. I'm just looking at the comments here. I mean, there's some absolute dribble from some of the league here, one being the DFF himself. He just said his one comment was, please talk about Himmy G. Yes, I said Himmy because he is rocketing. I, I don't really get what the fuck he means by that. <laughs> Also, we're not going to talk about Jimmy G. Uh, yeah, he threw some touchdowns. Good on him. He's also got a million fucking weapons at his disposal and he doesn't do it every single week. So um, let's... All right. We've just got a little wind-up here, I think, from one of the members. So we do want to get to probably the most important reason why we got these two blokes on. So we're going to quickly... Have you got time, Camo, for the power rankings and then review your game? Yeah, for sure. Got time yeah, for that? All right, definitely. let's jump straight to the power rankings. That's the power of All right, and the power rankings here sees just the absolute mainstay humdingers sitting at uh, 1 and 10, sitting at the 12th spot there, and Pappas punishes at 1 and 10 also. They've dropped a spot from 10 down to 11, just couldn't get the job done um, last week. That's pretty good. The DFF's at number 10. He dropped a spot after winning. He's won 11 games in three years, and he drops a spot after winning one. That's... uh, he <laughs> don't have to be dead to be stiff. Uh, Bayside Executioners coming in at number nine, rising a couple of spots. People thinking, oh, okay, five and six. Yeah, we'll put him at number nine. Another team at five and six is the Prestige Worldwide uh, coming in at number eight. And his brother, the Straight Cash Home, is in at number seven, Ben. Just staying in those spots there, aren't they? And uh, hmm. they're, these two blokes have stayed in the same spot as well. And that's number six, the Gym City Stallions at seven and four. Just uh, cementing yourself in that top half there. And the Demons, Camo, uh, 
People have got you at number five with your six and five record, just staying put at number five there, um, which does finish us off with a top four that's been pretty consistent the last few weeks, sort of fluctuates a little bit. But uh, the haircuts, five and six, they drop from three down to four, which means the legal team leapfrog them at seven and four to that number three spot. And then yourself, Keeney, at number two and myself at number one. Uh, yeah, rounds well, off power rankings. And we, and we have a very knowledgeable uh, league. And those top six in the power rankings are, if we stopped the league right now, they would be the six playoff teams. Very so good. Two representatives from the Sunny Weaver Junior Division, if you don't mind. And three from the Bo Callahan division, so a lot, a lot to play out. But um, the points differential between Timos and Camo and Jim is as tight as you like. So again, a lot to play out there, but uh, it's going to go down to the wire. It will, and it's going to make for some very interesting discussion points. Can't wait for the last two weeks of the season, just doing that playoff picture as we go into each game. It's going to be fascinating, but uh, we haven't got time for that because we need to get to the game of the week. And we touched on this game a couple of weeks back, just the importance that this one brings to the table, and that's the Week 12 showdown of the Sunny Weaver Junior Division, which sees the San Diego Demons taking on the Gym City Stallions. Um, Kamo, you've already started with your Thanksgiving players there. You've got 37 points on the board, I believe, through three players. How are you feeling so far about how that started? Um, I'm never going to doubt Sleeper again. Their projections were for me to score 37 points Six seven, and the score was thirty seven point seven zero. So Shit. props to them. Not going to argue with them going forward. Thanksgiving, I saw the uh, the Giants and the Cowboys broke the all time viewership record, and uh, I think there could be a record broken on Sleeper this week. The amount of times a matchup gets clicked on, this <laughs> is huge. It does not get bigger than this. It I is sure, monstrous. Sure, Jim's had it marked in the calendar all year, as have I, and uh, here we go. I thought you were going to mention that there was also another record on that game, and that was how how many uh, pass interference calls CD oh, Lamb had, and how many yards were left on the table. Oh, yeah, fourteen points. Fourteen point seven is what he scored, and it almost—if you watch the game—doesn't feel justice for how dominant he no, was in not that even game. Close. We we couldn't not get close. close. We had backup corners. On a short week, trying to stop him. Um, so to Just hold him, him to 100 yards and six catches, I think was pretty well done by them. And even the little TD. Holding being the appropriate word. Holding mm. being the appropriate word. It was just, <laughs> yeah. It was tough to watch. I messaged the commissioner straight away asking for a score change for a point per flag league for next season. Just to boost up CDs. There's nothing more frustrating, I think, watching one of your players get intentionally held when they could have... Yeah. You know, put four points on the board, potentially ten if it goes for a touchdown. That is frustrating, and also the touchdown that got called back. How did? What? What are your thoughts on that one? The back of the end zone there looked like he got yeah. his heel and his toe in. Were you screaming was, at the uh, TV? No, I didn't think it was a. Uh, I didn't think it was a touchdown. To be fair, I did uh, think there was a bit of shoe on the white, um, but I was very pleased when I saw the red flag come out. I thought, oh, there's a pulse here. You never know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, I didn't think that was a touchdown. So, justice in the end. And we'll get to uh, Jimmer's team in just a sec. But just quickly going through your lineup, Camo, as Ben said, you've got uh, three players already played, 37 on the board. But uh, Joe Mixon, 
uh, unfortunately didn't pass the concussion protocol, so he'll be out. The other one, if you're aware or unaware, Josh Jacobs has popped up on the injury report this morning. A little sore calf, a little baby cow. Uh, so you do have some decent reserves on the pine from what I was looking at before. Maybe it's an Alan Robinson. Maybe it's um, someone else. Maybe a James Robinson. You could yeah, have to toss, toss a coin between the Robinsons. But... Um, <laughs> um, there are a couple of injuries that uh, you, obviously you got to fight through this week against Jimmer in a very important game. Yeah, for sure. So to lose Mixon, far from ideal, um, but obviously did see that coming. So decided to play Jacoby Myers instead, and he promptly uh, injured his shoulder in the first quarter. So <laughs> that was less than ideal. Um, yeah, Jacob's late on the injury report. I did see that. So certainly something to monitor. Um I'll look at it Sunday night and make a decision from there. I've um, just been doing all the one percenters as well this week, boys. Not just looking at the lineups and the matchups, but as you can probably tell, went and got a haircut during the week. A very sensible one as well. So sensible. So get Johnny Unitas, Manny, Mary, anyone from that organisation to help along the way. Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, anyone, literally anyone to help. Um, I went and met the great man track last Saturday, just for a mm. bit of that Norm Smith greatness to kind of wash over mm. the San Diego Demons and give them his blessing to see how we can go for the rest of the year. I then saw Justin Herbert uh, on Instagram selling shampoo, conditioner, and bars of soap. Bought a load of that, delivered to the house, good to go. So I think you're in trouble, Jim. I really oh, do. Well, we. Oh, that, so, that shampoo so conditioner is going to do wonders for you. That's that's some quality prep. That is, and it just speaks to the volume. It speaks to the importance of this game. Now, volume. is it true yeah, that is it true, Camo, that you still, on a Monday morning, put the phone away, put sleeper away, don't even look at it until Tuesday? Is that going to be the case this week, though, with that much on the line? And I don't know. It's going to be tempting just to see where you're at. Yep. So just red zone on one phone. Chargers game on the main TV, and I don't look at sleeper. Don't want to see the scores. Just do not want to know if some cruel, you know, Jalen Hurts five-yard rush that, you know, gets called back or something, and, you know, it's the difference between winning and losing. Do not want to know. It's funny, though. It's funny, though, because it's, it's yeah, well-intentioned to do that, but you know intimately what Jim's team is. So you can be I watching do, yeah, Red so, Zone and you know yeah. exactly what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, guilty is charged there, no doubt. I do like, well, you just glossed over it before. You said that you uh, saw Justin Herbert uh, selling his shampoo and you bought a load or you or you produced a load, which what was, you sort of quickly... And you did say that you met the track. Now, how much of that time meeting him did you spend having to hide your erection? (laughs) No comment. The whole time. No comment. (laughs) Was it a Matty Max special in the afternoon? Who knows? Um, All right, Jim, we'll move to your side right now. I'd say your bright spots have to be your QBs. What do you need out of Aaron Rodgers to uh, secure success in this matchup? Oh, I think uh, at least for 20, 2025, if I can. Um, he's up against a pretty good um, defense with Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I looked at this early 
And I actually wrote that I was fucked this week because of uh, the amount of questionables I had in my starting lineup at the time. But uh, it looks like they've all come good, so all besides Fournette. So, and Higby, I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, well, no, he's still questionable, but that's that's okay. Yeah, I'll, I reckon he'll play, so that's fine. So, so you need Rogers um, to have his best game of the season, is what you're telling us? Correct. Correct. Fair enough. So if and that's a show, if that's a, a shootout of a game, that will work very much in your favour. But you did point out that Correct. Philly's defence hasn't allowed any of those sort of games. So we'll be touching Kyle Keeney. Yeah, I was going to say, um, got some. You've got actually got some interesting options this week, Jimmer. Um, obviously, the four net injury is not great for you, but you could see the return of Gus Edwards. You know, you never know that could, that could be an interesting play for you, and also. Are you tempted to stack it up with Rogers and Tonyan in a in a high leverage spot against the Demons? Is that something with a little stack? And every time they score, you can text him, even though he's not looking at sleeper. You can text him with a little pancake emoji just so he knows what's going on. <laughs> I um, I, it's hard to trust Tonyan at the moment. He hasn't done much this season, but then then again, neither is Green Bay's offense. So. It makes it very tricky. I mean, I think the only reliable option over the last couple of weeks is Jones, and I've got Jones, so I, I, that's my stack at the moment. You, you could put on, you could put on Randall Cobb, Robert Tonyan, Aaron Jones, and Aaron Rodgers, and just pray that the that the Packers score thirty. I'm not going to lie, I have considered throwing Cobb into the lineup. He does. Rogers seems to like throwing to him, so I have considered it. But uh, yeah, at the moment, this is where it'll stay. I like it. Mind games. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Camo spoke about how accurate the projections are. They do see this game currently at 115 to yourself, Jim, uh, up against 136 to Camo. So projections have it going heavily his way, but we've we've seen before that they can be a fair bit off. The league as well uh, right now sees this at 80% to the Demons, 20% to the Stallions. So that's uh, a couple of people there that have backed you in, Jim. I think you might have been one of them. I was one of them, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is no doubt a massive game, and the winner will, will sit on top of the division with two games to go, and those two games you'll both play the DFF and the Humdingers on the road home. Um, so that is a big game. But also, the loser isn't out of it either. As we touched on, you're both currently in the playoffs. So, Yes, it is a massive game for the division winner and the, the number three seed, but uh, or potentially number two seed. Number two seed's still alive for Jim if he can win out. Um, so it is a big game, but the loser is still right in there with a shot. So scoring as many points will be critical. Uh, yeah, I kind of think this is a bigger game for you in a way, Jim, because you've got the game advantage right now. If you win, you get the two-game advantage. But you're right, there's 10 points that separate these two teams right now. So we have spruiked it as a big game, but it, it's... It's just one piece in these last three weeks that's going to make up uh, a tough finish to the year. So how you perform against the DFF and Humding as both of you is going to be pretty crucial, I would have thought. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, right. Especially me against the Nemesis. Yeah. Week. So Not that I'm looking ahead. Nine, <laughs> should we call this the fourth round bowl as well? We like nine fourth rounders between the two of you. What the fuck? We're just stacking them up. Just stacking them. You just stacking up. You're just yeah. trying to cash in for that first round pick. Those fourth rounders. Um, all right, before yeah, we've got about ninety seven to go. Yeah. <laughs> before you guys head off, any final words? For any final thoughts? We'll uh, we'll start with you, Camo. Any final 
thoughts for how this matchup and the remainder of the regular season is going to go? Uh, just absolutely wish Jim all the very best. It's a you know a wise man, <laughs> aka Christopher Keane once told me, pressure is a privilege, and uh, to be in a matchup like this is just so exciting um, for me for the entire San Diego Demons organization. So all the best to Jim. Hope it's an absolute high scoring matchup. May the best man win, and uh, all the best to all the best to you, Jimmer. And sorry, Ben. Sorry, Thanks, ben, for no fighting words. I know you get upset when division rivals are well, hope, you know, remotely hope, friendly to each other. But I hope after those lovely words, Jim just gives you a massive clip. Jim. No, no, no clip here. I uh, I wish them all the best as well. <sighs> but I just wanted to point out that it is. It, it should be a lot closer than uh, Sleeper predicts it. I mean, if you look at each head-to-head matchup, it's actually very tasty. Uh, so you got. You want me to go through them? Well, I'd say there's about. 15 to 18 points difference when you add it all <laughs> <laughs> No, so I, I think Hertz can have, obviously we've seen Hertz have great games. Hertz can, uh, can outscore Herbert. Patterson's obviously, well, probably not going to outscore Connor just the way he's playing. Jones and Jacobs are very interesting. They could be equal points there. Devonta Smith has seen more targets with more target share than AJ Brown over the last couple of weeks. So that is another interesting matchup. Myers has only scored 7.7. Campbell could get a lot of volume. Uh, Samuel could do something. I probably won't touch that one. I'll tell, uh, tell you what. Did yeah, you, there's a, a lot of interesting put, matchups across the board. Did you just put Curtis Samuel in your lineup? No, no, I put him in. Oh, he was in Wednesday. already? Okay. Yeah. But do you, know, do you know what's exciting to me, Jim? And I like to look at this, but uh, I like to look at the last player to play on your roster. And it was it's going to be the recently acquired Paris Campbell to get you home. So that could be a little master stroke from Jim. Who knows? Could be. It's also we will see you. on uh, Tuesday. It's also what we called uh, Camo's meeting with Petrarca, the old master stroke. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe that was more of a plural master stroke. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was after. Strictly professional. Well, Strictly professional. <laughs> All right. Well, it uh, it will prove to be a very exciting matchup to watch. Uh, I do like what you just pointed out there, Keeney, that Paris that could be the Paris Campbell showdown on that uh, Tuesday game against Pittsburgh, which is a good matchup for him because mm. could just see them have a lot of the ball. Uh, hopefully it means that it will come down to a few points there and make for some good viewing, but uh, I wish the two of you all the best. And uh, hopefully, not only this week, but for the remaining three weeks, you provide plenty of entertainment for the league. So thanks for jumping on, boys. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having us, boys. Much appreciated. And uh, hopefully one of us can uh, take down both of you two at the crunch time of the year. Thanks for having us. No worries. All right. Farewell to the uh, those division losers as they jump off because uh, they can't reply to that now. Uh, yeah, we'll make for a very interesting watch, but let's uh, kick in with the outro music because we still managed to top an hour with that. Um, I know it would be hard to tell for anyone listening, but very much not planned, that podcast. I know it, uh, it seemed like a well-oiled machine, I know, but uh, we were just jumping around a bit here and just getting their thoughts in. But I do like these last few weeks, just getting league members on, getting them to share their thoughts live on the air rather than through a form, I think is a much better 
uh, way to do it. So we're looking forward to who are we planning to have on next week. There's another big matchup, isn't there? Is it uh, Jake and Manny? Well, Jake no, and Manny we are playing this week, but they um, are, that's right. I think there, there is a big matchup um, on the cards next week. So we'll we'll, we'll work through that. But um, you're right. It was it's good having some some live uh, members on the pod. Um, it is tougher when they're not on Zoom and you can't uh, coordinate things with uh, with your eyes, I guess. But um, it was great to get their thoughts. Great to get the uh, inside the mind of of Jim and Camo. Um, and a, as we've touched on, an absolute barnstormer of a matchup this week. I think all eyes will be glued on the Jim City Stallions and the San Diego Demons this week. But um, I do like a trend, Ben, as you know. But there is one trend I don't like. For the second week in a row, Keen cast over and out. How did that get over the line again? Hod, pick up your game. Get back next week.